Welcome to the Birth Prep Podcast. I'm Taylor, and I am here to help you prepare your mind, body, and team to best support you during your birth experience. doing? How's pregnancy? How's baby? I hope you guys are enjoying all the things. I hope you guys are busy preparing yourselves for your birth experience. Today, we're going to chat about preparing for your postpartum experience, which I think is just as important as preparing for your birth experience, right? I want to talk to you guys today about setting yourselves up for success. But before I do that, I want to remind you that you get to define what success is for you. It does not have to match what I do. It does not have to match what sister does. It does not have to match what mom did. It doesn't have to match anything. This is all dependent on what you want for your experience. I'm just going to share some things with you today that you might want to consider in preparation for your postpartum experience, things that might make that uh, season of your life a little easier on you, maybe a little more enjoyable, um, more whatever you want, you're wanting to create. We're going to try to um, get your wheels turning up there so we can prepare best, right? First, I want to talk about the fact that your birth experience largely plays a role in how your postpartum experience is going to go. When I started off my motherhood journey in a very traumatic and very scary way, I definitely carried that into my postpartum journey versus my births where I have enjoyed my birth experience and had a calm, beautiful entrance into the postpartum period. It was totally different, right? From the get-go. Can you still have an amazing, beautiful, enjoyable postpartum experience after traumatic birth? Absolutely. Um, But setting yourself up for success for both your birth experience and for your postpartum experience is highly recommended by myself if you honor my opinion, which hopefully if you're here, you do. (laughs) Um, But that's just something in my experience and from experiencing it with other mamas or getting to witness their experience rather. Um, it's something that I, I highly recommend. <laughs> so first I want you to envision like what life is like with baby, right? So where we have a baby, we immediately go into nurturing this baby right now. We have this baby to care for every single second of every single day. It's going to consume your thoughts, which is not a bad thing. It's just, that's facts. It's going to happen. You're going to be constantly thinking about, okay, baby ate at this time. She needs to eat at this time next. This was the last diaper change, blah, blah, blah. I definitely recommend tracking things, especially during the first few weeks when things are a little hazy. We're not getting a lot of sleep. Things are new. Things are so repetitive. They're happening so often. It's hard to remember. Having to mentally carry all of that all the time can be very draining. But I just want you to kind of envision how life is going to be like, right? So baby, we know baby's going to feed about every two to three hours from the start of the first feed to the beginning of the next. So say baby wakes up at nine o'clock, we get baby fed. That takes about 30 minutes. We get baby settled, you know, by 940. So maybe, maybe we lay down for a little bit. Maybe we're doing some laundry, whatever the case may be. I definitely recommend resting as much as possible during that first few weeks. Um, try your very best to stay in bed as much as you can. It's highly recommended. You are healing. Your insides are healing. There's a huge wound left in your uterus and taking things slow is important. So say we're, we're laying ourselves down at 940 and baby's probably going to want to eat again in like an hour and a half, right? So we're going to wake up. Maybe it's 10 o'clock or not 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 10, 11, 10, 
maybe even 1130, they slept a little extra for you, then we're going to need to feed again, right? And this is just going to repeat the entire 24 hours every 24 hours for a few weeks at least. <laughs> we also have diaper changes, right? So we're, we know babies go through about 8 to 12 diapers every single day in a 24-hour period. So that looks like a diaper change every 2 to 3 hours, right? If you do the math on that. So same thing. My personal routine is baby wakes up, we get a fresh diaper, we sit down to feed, and I get her settled and that's how we do things and then we just repeat she sleeps for however long she sleeps and then we wake up and do it all over again obviously changing more as needed if she's got a poopy diaper we'll change before that two to three hour mark um, but for the most part she's getting a diaper every two to three hours and a feed every two to three hours and that's a very physically demanding role of you right <laughs> so it's very important to keep that in mind when we are envisioning what kind of support we want to put in place here's what my postpartum experience looks like my parents come and pick up my kids while I'm in labor and they take them to their house. This last time they kept them for, I think, four or five nights and then they brought the kids back to us. Oh, they visited several times. So babe, my babies came and met their new sister. Um, then they took them back home. They came over for like dinner one night to visit again. They brought us dinner, all the things. Um, and then they took them back home. And that was very nice, very much appreciated. They took it a step further because obviously having four kids in your home like when you're not used to having four kids, that's a lot of children. I get it. I have a lot of babies, but they kept them for several nights. And then afterwards they still came to my house every single day for the rest of the week, you know, that whole week and took my kids to school and then also would pick them up and bring them back home for me. So we did not have to leave the house for at least a week, which was awesome. And I am forever grateful for that. But that's something that we, you know, we chatted about, we set up, I had that support place in place. Um, you might not have that kind of support and I'm sorry if you don't, and that makes me very sad. And I know not everybody does. I know that I'm extremely blessed in that area, um, but it's something to consider. Having outside help, especially if you have other children in your home, making sure you are setting up childcare, that is a huge one. That's like a necessity. Another thing that's going to be a necessity is eating during that experience. How can you set yourself up for success to eat well during your postpartum experience? This might look like prepping freezer meals in advance. This might look like collecting gift cards for eating out, Uber Eats, all the things. This might look like yourself or somebody else setting up a meal train for you where all of your loved ones will, you know, coordinate different days where they can bring you a meal each day. It might look like just delegating all the cooking to your husband or your partner for a little while. It might look like buying ready-to-eat meals that are, you know, already prepared. We like to buy some of those, like, at Sam's, like, where they, they make the, where you just pop them in the oven. Like, they have, like, enchiladas and stuffed peppers and, like, pasta dishes sometimes. And those are nice to have on hand. Very easy to just grab and, and prepare very quickly. It might look like subscribing to a meal service, whether they're delivering ingredients to your door or fully prepared meals, whatever the case may be. Put your mind to work here. Make sure that you are setting up anything that you can. I don't know what you have access to. I don't know what kind of funds are available. I don't know what kind of support you have outside of the home. I don't know what kind of freezer space you got. Like, you got to think about what it's going to look like for you, okay? And then make sure you are preparing this stuff in advance. Make sure you have a game plan. Make sure you're talking with other people, setting expectations of other people are going to be involved. Stock up on snacks that you can grab, especially if you're breastfeeding. Holy cow, when I breastfeed, I'm like a bottomless pit. I can, I literally cannot get full. Every time I sit down, I need something to eat every single time. <laughs> 
I always joke that my body has it backwards because I always lose weight when I'm pregnant and I always gain, gain, gain when I'm breastfeeding. And growing up, I had always heard the opposite, you know, but whatever, my body is doing exactly what it needs to do and I'm here for it. So childcare and eating are basic necessities. Make sure you have some sort of water situation, like drink all the water, that's a necessity as well. Obviously, most of us have water situations in our home um, that we can drink water whenever we want. Um, but if you don't have that in place, if you order, like my friend orders her water, she has it delivered to her door, make sure if you need extra, you're setting that up. Just make sure you have those necessities set up and ready to go. Necessities for baby, obviously feeding baby and diapering baby. Those are two necessities we need to make sure we have all of the supplies for. What supplies are you going to need for that? I personally breastfeed. We always have a container of formula just in case if it ever comes down to that. It's there in the house if we need it. If you're planning on formula feeding, if you're planning on pumping, make sure you have all the supplies for that. Same thing for diapering, whatever you need for diapering. If you are doing disposables, make sure you're stocked up and you have at least a month's worth of diapers is what I would recommend. Um, also wipes, of course. We cloth diapered from the get-go this last time, which was super fun. It's been amazing. The fact that my baby has never touched a disposable is, is pretty cool. Um, not that she will never, but that's just nice so far. It's been a fun experience. I really, I really do enjoy getting to do that for my babies. I enjoy doing the cloth diaper laundry every week, multiple times a week, <laughs> but I, and I truly enjoy getting to provide that for my babies. And oh my gosh, they're just so much cuter than disposables. I know they have like cute ones out there, the cute prints and stuff on disposables now, but nothing beats a cute little fluffy bum. I promise you that. <laughs> but I am not naive. The cloth is not for everybody. But if you are choosing that route, make sure that you have enough and make sure you have a plan to wash, make sure that it's not going to be overwhelming, make sure you have a sustainable plan of action. I think that covers all the necessities. I should probably be more structured with these podcasts and make an outline and all the things I want to talk about, but um, it's unhinged vibes right now, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. <laughs> Something else I really want to talk about, though, are visitors, and visitors are not a necessity, but most of us deal with visitors in some capacity at some point when we have a baby. And visitors are great, right? We love that people want to come and love on our baby. They want to come and, you know, do all the things, whatever. Um, I would just get very, and I, you know what, I'll do a whole podcast about visitors later this week. I'll, I promise that I'll do that, but I would just consider, um, what that's going to look like and really just set expectations in advance. Make sure that you are protecting your peace during this time, whatever that looks like. There's no such thing as being selfish during this time. You can do whatever you want to do. There's no such thing as oversharing. Well, I mean, there could be such thing as oversharing your baby, but I trust that you aren't going to do that. I trust that you know what's going to be the limit for yourself and for your baby. Um, but you, the, you know, the visitor situation could look like whatever you want it to look like. For us, we're in the season of life where we text people like a week later and be like, hey, we had our baby. We're ready for visitors. And nobody knows that I was in labor. Nobody knows the baby is here. And we just kind of take those first few days, that first week, and just enjoy that time by ourselves. Um, it's usually the time when our kids are gone as well. And we're just focused on making sure that we're getting what we need. Baby's getting what she needs, he needs. And that's just kind of how we like to do things now. Again, whatever this looks like for you is totally subjective. You get to decide what an enjoyable experience looks like. And then I also wanted to chat really quick about postpartum essentials for, you know, your physical recovery. There's a few things that I really love to have. I love a good heating pad. <laughs> heating pads are really nice afterwards. Um, period panties. I use 
some I'll you know what I'll put them in my Amazon storefront for you guys I use some Amazon ones I used to buy the thanks kind which are great they work great but they're expensive and I like to have enough to rotate through them um, I used the big giant pads and the mesh underwear for the first like I don't know two or three days and then I just switched to period panties for the rest of my postpartum experience. It was really nice. I didn't feel like I was wearing a diaper the whole time, which I loved. If you're having some bigger clots and stuff like that, that might not be doable, but it's an option if it's something that you're considering. Um, not a lot of people like the reusable stuff. I do. That's my vibe. It's totally fine if that's not yours. But I really enjoyed using them this last time. It was, it was good. Then if we have torn, if we're trying to be kind to our lady bits, we're going to need like a spray bottle. Um, I don't personally use those anymore. Not a spray bottle. It's a peri bottle is what it's called. That's the correct term for it. If you're Googling it, they sell like some, I mean, most of the time you're going to get one at the hospital or your birth kit is going to have one if you're doing a home birth experience and your midwife is going to have that stuff for you. Um, but you can order them. They have like some with like longer necks that like kind of go up like a bidet. Um, I have a sprayer on my toilet cause I cloth diaper. So I used that like one time and it was way too cold. I could have sat there and waited for it to get hot, but I did not do that. Um, and then I just decided that I didn't want to do that. I didn't tear personally. If you don't want to tear and you need some tips for that, there's a podcast of five tips, how not to tear. They're really good tips and none of them have anything to do with massaging your perineum. So check that out. If not tearing is one of your goals. Some people choose to use witch hazel pads for their postpartum experience. Some people make padsicles. Um, there's like recipes for that on the internet. There are different sprays and salves and sits baths and all kinds of things. They sell so many different things. Whatever you would like to use for your postpartum experience, make sure you have all the supplies in advance so that you can implement those. If you are planning for a cesarean section birth experience, then that is going to look a little different. We aren't going to need uh, to take care of our tearing and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you will still bleed if you have a C-section. So keep that in mind. You also have an incision site to care for. So make sure you are getting anything for that that you need. Make sure you understand how to best care for that. There are a lot of things on the market for that too. I just did a video about some C-section recovery pads the other day. They looked pretty cool. They were like $20 for like four of them. You can wear them for several days. Um, I keep needing to ask. I gave them to my sister-in-law. Um, it was like a brand deal. So I didn't need them. I didn't have a C-section, <laughs> but I gave them to my sister-in-law who had just had one. I wonder if she used them. I'll have to ask her. Anyways, anything that you need for your physical recovery afterwards, make sure that you are doing that. Grabbing all the supplies that you need, making sure you've got everything in place. And then the final thing that I want to talk about today is setting expectations with your partner. This is probably the most important one in my personal opinion. If you don't have a partner, this is going to look like setting expectations with your loved ones, whoever is going to be supporting you during this experience. For me, this person is my husband and he kind of acts like an extension of me during this time. Like he kind of just picks up all my slack. I've set the expectation that I'm staying in bed for like a week at least. The expectation that I will not change any diapers for at least a week. I have the expectation that I will not be walking up the stairs for at least a week. I will not be picking up my toddlers for at least a week. These are things that I have in place because I didn't take care of myself postpartum and I know what it can do to not only your physical health, but also your mental health. And I have very high, not high expectations, but my expectations are absolutely um, communicated in advance 
and agreed upon. That way, if my expectations aren't being met, I'm like, hey, you said you were going to do XYZ. What the heck? That has very rarely happened. But I'm like, I, like, be my brain, be my hands, be my whatever, and make sure I have everything that I need. That's That's what I need for my partner. He feeds me. He makes sure my water bottle is full. He does everything for baby other than feed her. Like I, I'm on feeding duty. Obviously I'm a breastfeeding mama. So he makes sure that she's good to go. Hands her to me. I feed her. He takes her from me afterwards. Not every time, but during that first week, that is like the expectation. Doing this has made my physical, um, recovery so much better, so much easier. I also attribute a much easier physical recovery to my birth experiences now. My birth experiences are just easier on my body. They're less traumatic on my body and on my mind, and it's just a much more pleasant experience all around. So preparing for your birth and preparing for your postpartum experience absolutely go hand in hand, why I think it's very important to cover here on the Birth Prep Podcast. That was a lot of information. I feel like I just rambled on forever, but I think there was some good stuff here. If you are preparing for a postpartum experience soon in the upcoming weeks, months, whatever the case may be, this is important stuff to consider. Um, You get to decide what your postpartum experience looks like. Just make sure you are setting yourself up for success, whatever that looks like for you. Before I go, I wanted to tell you guys that I am revamping my Discord server. I had a Discord about a year and a half ago. I used to talk to moms about like mommy mindset and like just encouraging moms and um, just making sure that they had what they needed during this crazy season of life. Mostly like, you know, moms of littles is who I was really talking to. And we had a space where we could hang out and chat together and all that stuff. But I closed it down after I switched to the birth stuff. So I am reopening that. It's going to be geared towards birth stuff, but obviously anybody is welcome. It's a place where we can hang out. I can give you guys updates. I can answer questions. Um, We can just have a real community space. If you're interested in joining that, I will put the link in the show notes for you. I would love to have you. Once you pop in the server, feel free to introduce yourself. I would love to hear about your story, where you're at, what you're doing with life, how babies are going, whatever that looks like for you in this season. Um, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It was a pleasure hanging out with you this morning, as it always is. Um, I'm looking forward to the next episode. I'm going to do a whole episode about visitors because I've got a lot to say about that. So we'll chat about that next. I was not going to fit it in this podcast. (laughs) I had to learn a lot of lessons the hard way, and I would love to share my story. Um, And, you know, maybe it's something that you want to consider while you're preparing for your postpartum experience and visitors and all the things. Just, it's nice to hear other stories who've been there, done that, hear from their experience and see how you might want to do things. So keep your eye out for that. That should be on Thursday. We also have birth prep power hour on Thursday. If you have not come yet to one every single Thursday on TikTok live, I host a live event at 1 PM Eastern standard time where I hop on there and I answer all of your birth prep questions, birth prep power hour. Don't miss it. If you think you're going to forget, put a reminder in your phone, or you can go to TikTok and you can sign up for my next live event. Um, I've post a new live event every week so you can get notified when I go live. I will put my TikTok link in the show notes for you guys as well. I think that's all I have for you. I have a fun, exciting new offer coming very, very, very soon. I'm literally working on all the back end stuff for it right now, making sure everything is going to flow seamlessly. All the checkouts are linked. There's different like times and stuff for it. So keep your eyes out for that. I am excited and I think it's going to be a really valuable resource for some people. Okay. That's it. Go set some expectations. Go take a nap. Go drink some water. I am looking forward to our next chat. As always, happy prepping. Thank you.